At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey friend, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you enjoy Infertility and Me podcast, do me a quick, quick favor and rate and review in Apple iTunes. Give us five stars so that we can reach more friends who may be silently suffering from infertility too. Welcome to Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Infertility Amy Podcast. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. My name is Monique Farouk. I'm your host and creator of Infertility and Me Podcast. Thank you, friends, for being here. I cannot say that enough for tuning in, for downloading, and for listening, and connecting with me on Instagram. And if you're not, get on it right now and follow Infertility and Me Podcast on Instagram, okay? Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Natasha. She's a pharmacologist, and she specializes in helping men and women understand their medications for fertility purposes and also supplementation as well. And we'll get into that when she gets on the line with us. But Dr. Natasha has suffered from reoccurring miscarriages, five to be exact, two of which were tubal ectopic pregnancy and one cervical ectopic pregnancy. It is believed by her doctor and specialist that she has unexplained infertility, possibly due to Asherman's syndrome. Asherman's syndrome is a rare acquired gynecological disorder of the uterus. It is characterized by the bonding of scar tissue that lines the walls of the uterus, which decreases the volume of the uterine cavity. The bonding of the uterine scar tissue may occur as a result of surgical scraping or cleaning of tissue from the uterine wall. That is a very rare, rare, rare disorder that she possibly has, but was never fully diagnosed with it. And after two rounds of IVF, she then had her first transfer, conceived her first child, who is now six, a daughter. And then she also went on to have a second daughter four years later. Dr. Natasha uses her pharmacology expertise to educate men and women that suffer from fertility struggles, which she started during COVID because she was no longer to do inpatient care anymore. And so she started a platform and services that offer help to those going through fertility struggles. So you can follow Dr. Natasha at fertility underscore pharmacist on Instagram. You can connect with her further there, get educated, reach out to her in her DMs, and also grab one of her medication freebies from her website. So we'll be back in just a moment with Dr. Natasha. All right, so we're back, you guys, with Dr. Natasha. Thank you, Natasha, for coming on to the podcast and speaking to us today 
I appreciate it. And I know everybody else will appreciate your story and what you have to offer. Thank you so much, Monique, for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, dear. It's my pleasure. So how did you meet hubby? When did that all start? <laughs> we met in undergrad, um, in chemistry class, actually. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So was it um, an instant connection or was it, it took some time and some relationship building? Yeah, it took some time. We were more friends for a while and we just were in like the same study groups. Mm-hmm. And he was actually dating the TA at our lab. Yeah. He was interesting. The plot oh. thickens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it. yeah, so he, uh, I don't know what happened with them. I, I wasn't, I'm not from the town that we went to school in. So I left for the summer to study in Memphis, Tennessee, actually. Um, mm. and I love Memphis. It's a beautiful town. And, uh, I came back and they weren't together anymore. And we just started hanging out again and yeah, that was in 2002. I'm old. <laughs> Girl, no, we're just getting better with age. We're right. Better with age, okay? I refuse to call myself old or anybody. I don't even like calling my mom old. Like, it feels funny to me because it's like we get better with time. So I feel like we're just aging gracefully, you know? But um, thank you for sharing that with us. And so, how long were you guys married before you started trying to conceive? And was it something that you knew would come easily that you did you have the diagnosis prior to that like PCOS or anything I didn't know um and we actually we drug our feet on marriage we went to Alaska together after pharmacy school and we lived in a remote uh, village there we we're both pharmacists and went to pharmacy school together we've been together all these years and we just kind of were so busy we didn't think about getting married and in 2000 we were engaged in 2010 when we moved to Alaska. And then in 2012, um, we accidentally got pregnant. And so we were like, oh, this is great. Okay, well, we can do this. We were wanting to get, I mean, it had been two years since we were engaged. We were trying to figure out when we could get married, when it would all work out and going back and forth. He doesn't like spending money or parties so or the center mm-hmm. of attention. So he didn't mm-hmm. really want a wedding and I wasn't sure what I wanted. So we ended up going to Las Vegas, but um, he we had the <clears throat> pregnancy, the first one, and I had some spotting early on, mm-hmm. and I ended up having to see a doctor that I worked with because it was such a small town, and it was just a native-only hospital, but they let non-native friends come too because of, you know, not access to healthcare, and so he did an ultrasound there, and I remember he didn't even look at me. He just looked at my husband and said, well, I hope you didn't tell your family, and it was mm-hmm. just really heartbreaking, like the, the bedside manner, you know, especially someone that I worked yeah. with and I would see every day. So that was really rough, and we had a trip planned that week. It was uh, Labor Day, and we were going to go home to see our family, and we decided not to. So um, I ended up, I was scared, and I didn't know, you know, even as a healthcare professional, I didn't know a lot about miscarriages at the time, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I had been on birth control for so long that I didn't really think about it, and um, the doctor kind of pressured me into a DNC, like, just get it over with, he kind of said, Mm -hmm. and I... I'm sad that I did that because now looking back, I'm kind of wondering if I was never actually diagnosed with Asherman syndrome, but they kind of think that's what happened with maybe some of the ectopics that I had mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. on my last failed IVF transfer right before they were going to do the transfer. They were going to do, they were going to cancel it and then do, you know, the, um, the testing of my uterus mm-hmm. to kind of see if I had any scarring. But at the last minute they said, well, let's try. And I ended up having my daughter. So that was exciting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what was the time frame like 
between the first loss and then having your daughter? Was it like a year, two years? Um, it was uh, it was quite a bit of time. So 2012, I had my first miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I had went on to have five miscarriages, one tubal ectopic, and then I had one cervical ectopic, which I kind of told you about earlier. Yeah. Um, that's a pregnancy that stuck in my cervix, and that was in 2013. Gotcha. And it was like towards the end. And it took me probably, I would say, six months to recover from that because I had to take Mm -hmm. methotrexate for 10 days. And then it took months for my um, HCG to get down to zero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of blood tests. Lots of sadness. (laughs) And then after that, the doctor, she was an amazing doctor. She said, you know, with your history of implantation in the wrong spots, it would probably Mm -hmm. best if you just went on to IVF. Because we know you can get pregnant. I needed help at that point. I was using Famara. Okay. Um, and she said, "But it's not going to the right spot, and it's dangerous for you." Yeah, 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 for sure. So, wow, 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 wow. We got married in Vegas too. I just Did wanted you? to bring the vibe back up just a little <laughs> bit. We Wait, got married in Vegas it? too. We got married at the Paris Hotel. I love that. We did the little white chapel where Britney yes. Spears got married. Yes, that's so <laughs> cute. I love it. Yes, we did. So we have something else in common. That's more joyful, right? Yes, <laughs> I know. Fertility struggles. It's so crazy that we have to meet on these terms. But I, um, I am grateful for you to come on here because you are the first pharmacologist that I've had on the show who has her specialty in like the fertility field and things. So can you tell us... Um, what the Asherman syndrome is for those who may not know or be real familiar yeah. with it. Um, so Asherman syndrome is more uh, scarring in your uterus and it can be from, some people can get it from, you know, undiagnosed STDs possibly where they've had infection in their uterus. Gotcha. Um, it can also be from, you know, past like uh, surgical procedures. So DNCs, abortions, things like that. For me, it may be what caused, you know, cause I DNC, um, and so it could be what happened. Um, I do know that it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. And I think all the losses just kind of added up and I got defeated. And I was at this low point where I thought, well, either I pick myself up, I move mm-hmm. forward and figure this, like get to work is what I always mm-hmm. tell people, or I just let it overtake me and give up. Have you always been an uh, independent self-soother type of person or did you seek therapy? You know, I, my husband made me, (laughs) um, yeah, he really, he didn't really, yeah, it's not like he made me, made me, but he really advocated that for me. So he stood up and he was like, you know, we need to do this. You need to do this. You need to talk to someone. And so, yeah, no, I appreciate you asking that because that was a huge piece and something that was a, it was hard for me to, cause like I said, I lived in a remote place. There wasn't a Mm -hmm. lot of access to care, but I found it. And access to care that was private. Does that make sense? When you work at a place that you have to see all the providers, it's not always private. Or I mean, they have to be I can imagine it being very awkward, whether they know or not. You know what I mean? And it's just the possibility of them. I can't talk today. This is crazy. Um, (laughs) The possibility of them finding out about it because they do have access to medical records for patients and stuff like that. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I, I, I empathize with that for you and for everyone else who has experienced that in their workplaces. But so we had, we got the diagnosis of Asherman syndrome at what point during your five losses? Was it after all five or was it? Yes, with the, my doctor Balthazar, she was the one that brought up that that possibly could be what it was. And so she sent me to Seattle, Washington, um, okay. to Pacific Northwest Fertility. 
And um, I saw Dr. Julie Lamb. She was amazing. Mm. Um, she was very straightforward with me. And um, we came up with a plan right away about, you know, I was at the time 33, 34 almost. Okay. And so it was like, we need to get to work now because time's ticking kind of. And so at that point, it was September of 2014. I coordinated my own idea. I don't know how I did this talking about it. From my remote village to Anchorage, see a doctor in Anchorage. And then I'd go to Seattle and see the specialists and then back. And then I'd have to bring my husband and then, yeah. So it was crazy. Luckily, I had friends in Seattle. My dear yeah. is from pharmacy school and they took great care of me and they would shuttle me you know, back and forth to my appointments. And, mm-hmm. and I basically took a two-week vacation making eggs with them, you know, like it was very yeah. nice. Yeah. And actually, after my first transfer, we came out of the room and um, my best friend Annie and her husband Ray were there and they surprised us. And it was just like we were doing it together. It was so nice. Mm-hmm. And we all went and we went down, you know, downtown Seattle, you can find anything. So okay. we went and found like gelato or something afterwards yeah. to celebrate. So yeah, that that must have been really um, validating um, to see your friend there the same time as you, and then going through the same time, same thing as you. I would have probably broken out into ugly cry at that point. But so you had the losses, and you were just speaking about your first IVF uh, attempt, right? With when, yep. when your friend was there too, right? And so at this point, how do you because you were with a therapist, how had the losses affected who you were as a, as a woman and as a human at this point? What, what kind of mind state do you remember being in at this point? I was, it was hard. Like talking about it, I'm getting a little choked up because mm. it was the lowest of the low. I mean, mm. it was, it was winter in Alaska, which is cold and dark. I mean, it was right. like negative 50 sometimes where I was at and um isolated I didn't have my family my friends my people I had my husband which I was so thankful for um but I think your marriage and maybe you can help explain this too suffers it's hard Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you're going through it and they're going through it but you don't sometimes know how to communicate that Mm -hmm. and so for me I was the lowest of the low Mm -hmm. I I I think I lost a part of myself I suffered a lot and I think that's why I, and I talk a lot about on Instagram. I didn't have Instagram at the time. Instagram was new. They didn't really have these platforms or these groups, or I didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. They weren't, and they weren't, they weren't very prevalent then. And, and cause we're talking about what the year, uh, 2015, 16-ish? Um, like 13, 14 13, 14. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. Instagram was new. You could be Instagram fav- famous, like way <laughs> easier back then. than you could now, yeah. especially in terms of like building a community A community wasn't even important back then. It was just, we were just sharing our selfies and our selfie puppy pictures, up, you know, and puppy <laughs> yeah. pictures. Like it was so simple. It was a much simpler platform back then and easier to navigate than it is now. And so you, you spoke of you, that part of your life in that moment and in that time as being one of the darkest parts of your life. And while you were speaking, I'm thinking, wow, you feel isolated because of your losses and your infertility and then getting the diagnosis of the Ashton syndrome after having a procedure done that was supposed to help you, right? Yeah. And then you living in a place that's already isolated. So, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. There was no roads to my village. You couldn't drive. You could only fly to Anchorage. Three flights wow. a day, that was it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like a third world country there. It was hard. I That's remember. I've heard, yeah. 
I remember just looking out the window to the tundra. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, the tundra. And I just remember, like, there was one little tree I would always, like, look at. And I would just think, like, I would, like, talk to myself. I was going crazy, I think. But I would say, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be okay. You're going to have a baby one day. And I came home that December. So we made the egg, the first round of embryos um, in September. And we ended up with um, two genetically... Well, at that time, we didn't know, but they mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. genetically okay embryos only. That's it. And I came, I went in December to Seattle to try to look to do a transfer. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, your lining doesn't look good. And so I came mm-hmm. home and I told my husband, I flew home from Seattle and I said, I don't want a Christmas tree. It was my birthday. I don't want anything. I just want to come home, mm-hmm, you know, regroup, mm-hmm. go to work, kind of, wa- I guess, wallow in my own self-pity. Mm-hmm. And um, he picked me up from the airport. And we went around the corner to our house and there was our Christmas tree all lit up in the window. And that just was like really sweet of him. I have a good yeah. husband, really good yeah. husband. Yeah, he <laughs> he's not like perfect, he's but yeah. And you know, we, none of us are, you know, we can, <laughs> all we can hope is that there'll be what I like to call the ride or die, the old nineties thing, back oh, in the day, yeah. ride or die. You know, that's what we're all looking for in companionship at the end of the day. Somebody who's going to be there when the going gets tough and yes. you know, the be- this is the better and the worst part. You know, when you're mm-hmm. going through your fertility struggles and these types of sicknesses and disorders and conditions and things. So, wow. Were you still going to therapy? Had you stopped? I know I was still going then. And I I think what kept me going was mm-hmm. every week my therapist would say that we're just gathering tools for your toolkit. Mm-hmm. Because I would come in saying, I'm fine. I probably don't need to be here. But, and you know, because in my mind I was like, you know, what's the word? I was, I wasn't accepting that I had a problem, I think, mm-hmm. um, but others around me could see it. And mm-hmm. I, I did, I lost friends because I wasn't there. Yeah. I did too, girl. So I, I get it. I think a lot of us end up have unfortunately going through that. Uh, maybe not everyone. And then I, I know for myself personally, I wasn't open about my diagnosis and so they're just thinking that I'm just not showing up you know what I mean yeah and I didn't have many to begin with so by the time I had my son it was like I was just starting to rebuild and just starting to open up about the diagnosis like literally that summer that I got pregnant I started telling people and it was just they was like why didn't you tell us this five or six years ago you know but um it is what it is and that's why we're here so that you guys don't make the same mistakes (laughs) you know exactly and I share often my partner is very private my husband so we didn't share yeah, yeah um so it was similar simulation that yeah we were very quiet so that jan so the December was canceled then January was about to be canceled too mm. and I remember I mean we prayed my mom had everyone at her little church praying we were all praying and they even had me sign a consent to do that the whole test to mm. see about the scarring in my uterus and I was like, well, this is it. We're done. And then I went on a Saturday and saw a different doctor because, you know, on weekends you see me, not see your normal doctor. And she's the sweetest. She's like kind of like the mom of the clinic. She founded Mm -hmm. it. She's an older lady. Okay. And Dr. Marshall's her name. And she was like, I think it looks good. And I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. are you sure? Like, I didn't trust her. And I was like, wait, are you sure? Because you only have two. A little bit too fast for me, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And she said, let me tell you, if you were my daughter, I would tell you it's okay. We should do this. And that made me feel so good. Oh, that's so, wonderful. We finally transferred my first embryo then, and then I mm-hmm. had McKinley in October. Oh. And she's now six, and she's tall as can be. And oh, she looks tall in some of the stories and things <laughs> she you've shared. Is, yeah. yeah. And what's her birthday, October? Um, She's October 7. <gasps> my 
My birthday's October 8th. Is it? Yes, oh. it is. Libra. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we named her McKinley after the mountain in oh, uh, Alaska. Yeah, they ended up changing it back to Denali, but that's okay. I'm like, well, it's still... Was McKinley for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always wanted to visit um, Alaska. I, I watch so many movies and documentaries about Anchorage and stuff. A lot of history, a lot of rich history there. Yeah. It seems like a beautiful place. So after you had, uh, where you got your BFP, and mm-hmm. was that after, you said in our discussion, it was after two rounds of IVF, right? Right. So I, okay, so yeah, so we, we made the first set, and then we made some more, and we ended up with the two embryos, and then that was all we had. I mean, you know, as it shrinks down. Yeah. And we ended up choosing to do the genetic testing because, for us, we didn't want to go through any more losses. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, so. too, because PGS testing is done when you have recurrent losses a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how, how was it being a pharmacologist going to work every day and, at this point, of moving into IVF, and I remember here it says that you had some cancellations, which we basically were just talking about because of the lining issues and things, right? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. So, as a professional, that must have been uh, a, a battle all by itself with having to show up every day. And did, at this point, were you specializing in um, the niche that you are now? No, I just started sharing my story and like showing, you know, trying to support women with this about a year ago. Okay. Um, okay. So no, I was, yeah, I didn't even really know anything about this. This just happened because with COVID I miss counseling patients. So Mm -hmm. I work for Indian health services. And so, um, I do clinical stuff. Um, like Mm -hmm. I do anticoagulation, diabetes Mm -hmm. management, stuff like that. But then I also, just love counseling patients. I love talking to them about their medications, tips and tricks. Like that's my passion. And we are, like I was telling you, not able to see our patients right now. Like they take their medications out and someone takes them to their car. And, and we are going out more now and talking more face-to-face than we were. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I miss that. And I had Mm -hmm. a pharmacy student that was my, a student in Alaska and she had asked me, reached out and said she was having problems and how did I do it? Cause she was living in another, you know, remote village. Gotcha. And I said to her, you know, this is how I did it. This is my doctor. I kind of walked, you know, I helped her through it. And now she has a six month old. So about a year ago, I said to my husband, Hey, like I helped her. Why can't I help other people? You know, like I just, I was missing that passion in my job that I had. So I thought, why can't I put the two together? You know, my passion with fertility stuff and my passion with pharmacy stuff. And so that's kind of where has led, what has led me here. Yeah. And your need to like give back. Right. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So you have the first, tell us about the first round of IBF that you guys did that was unsuccessful. Um, so we didn't. We didn't have, so I was lucky and I didn't okay. have any unsuccessful rounds. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sorry. We just did two to get more eggs. Got we you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Just to get to the, the okay. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. I misunderstood. Okay. I'm sorry about that. No, <laughs> no, no. Cause I re- I just read it wrong in the, in the notes that you sent me. So I read it wrong. Okay. Two yeah. So we, yeah, we okay. got, um, we didn't get as many as we hoped. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I think with my age, I had a lower ovarian reserve, but. We ended up with the two, and so, and then I waited a long time before I went for my second embryo um, transfer, little baby Bristol, because I was scared. I mean, I was very, very scared to do it again. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then you had so many losses, and you're and you're you're trying to find some hope yeah. in the midst of still healing from those losses. You know, it doesn't. Exactly. I, I don't think like you heal, but it still hurts a lot. You know, it's still it's still there. I think yeah. for a lot of times when we have so many losses and then it's just like losing a family member, like you, you learn to go on, but still that little bit of mm, that sting there a little bit, um, even in the midst of all of it. So, wow, that's that, it, you know, it never ceases to, to amaze me how much we actually go through when we sit down and talk about it like this detail for detail. And, um, but again, I commend you for seeking help because a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm I think a that's huge advocate for that mental health that therapy. Is the hard part, I think, and for help with our spouses too. Mm-hmm. Like couples counseling was huge for us. Like I think, because um, you can't always talk it out. You don't know what to say, or the right mm-hmm. way to say it. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of make our husbands a little, or our spouses a little timid anyway, because you know, just in our daily life, where we, you know, we nag each other, you know, the, the mm-hmm. usual stuff. And I think it makes them feel like they don't know what to say either. We don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. Nobody knows what the F to say. You know, we're just sitting around <laughs> looking silly, you know, trying to make the best out of it. But um, yeah, that's, I can imagine that being very, very effective. There was another guest I had about a year ago and she said the same thing. They were doing couples counseling during the midst of, and it really, really helped. So you guys heard it here first. Dr. Natasha said, go get help. Okay. Go get help. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, let's, let's, Let's get into this this IVF round that uh, became your BFP. What were you What were you feeling, and what were you doing the day before your transfer? You're gonna laugh. I went. I was mm-hmm. with my friends in Seattle, mm-hmm. and we ended up. They said yes, so let's mm-hmm. do the trigger, right? Yeah. And um, my husband. I'm trying to even remember. It's been so long ago. He mm-hmm. was like on a flight to come be with me because we were all excited. 
And they took me to that wall in Seattle that has all the gum stuck to it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And then we saw the troll under the bridge. And it, like I said, they were trying to keep me like on a vacation. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because my best friend, my this so my one friend, Annie, and her husband that helped me, my other friend, Sharon, mm-hmm. and her husband lived there too. And she has this cute little uh, fancy Lexus she bought for okay. herself when she graduated pharmacy school. Yeah. So we were driving down to this fancy Gasworks Park. I'll never forget. And it was 3 o'clock. We had to do the trigger shot. And she's a pharmacist, too, so she was okay. like, I'll do the shot for you. Well, her husband gets out of the car in this park in Seattle. We're in the back seat, her and I. She's mm-hmm. giving me a shot in the behind. And these people are, like, looking, and her husband's, like, looking around. And we crawl to the back seat together, and, oh, it just looked not good. But it was funny. A That's joke. funny. That reminds me of, like, you remember the old, like, um, movies from the late to mid-90s where it was, like, all those teen movies coming out, like, after Clueless, it was, like, teen movies coming out left and right and they were always doing something crazy that that's funny I, I <laughs> you guys were able to do that on that day for something so serious and it helped you um I, I'm sure it helped comfort you a lot too as well. it did yeah. yeah keep my mind busy or you know not thinking so much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we we go in to the doctor's office Des- describe for us the moments of um you know, did, they put, did they put you to sleep for your transfer some do and some don't they didn't. Nope. Okay. I was awake. And I remember I had to go potty so bad because, you know, full bladder. Yeah, and yeah. so I was like begging to go to the bathroom. And then um, I diazepam and I had never taken it before, but mm-hmm. I was a little loopy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was talking all kinds of crazy. But I do remember the nurse looking at me specifically and she said, sweetheart, it'll be OK. This is your turn. Mm. And so that stuck with me a mm. lot. It just gave me chills. Wow. Oh, yeah. And then I remember afterwards, they were like, well, get up. And I'm like, no, I can't. And she goes, it's not going to fall out of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels, though. You know, it does feel like it's going to like you're going to stand up. It's going to fall out just like semen would, you know, during a normal party. Yeah. So, oh, that is funny. Oh, yeah. So get home and we got this long, long ASS two week wait. Right. And so yeah. did you work um, while you were waiting just to keep your mind distracted? I did. Yeah, I worked and. Luckily, my friend, so I was able to do the labs there in the village at the little hospital. And mm-hmm. my friend um, was one of the nurse for the OBGYN, so she could, like, check the lab. So I'd be texting her, like, is it in? Is it in? Is it in? Mm-hmm. You know, because, oh, my gosh, talk about anxiety. You know, it's yes. like, I hate that. They should not do that. They should, it's like, so let worse. you wait in a room and, like, I don't know. There should be instant results. I know, right? <laughs> that would be, like, <laughs> that would be so uh so much more easier than having to go through the two-week wait and then like some doctors like mine they make you wait all day before they call you with the results or the lab was just slow about getting the results to them I had to wait till like clock out time and they were like literally closed already when they called me it was like four o'clock in the afternoon I'll never forget it so did you know or did you have any inclinations as to what your results would be on the day that you got your testing did you have any kind of like clue? Not the first one, no. The second one, I did take a pregnancy test, and I know you're not supposed to. I know, but I did, and it did mm-hmm. say positive. So I thought I was hopeful, but but yeah, with McKinley, mm-hmm. I didn't. And then I can't, I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. I feel like everything went pretty good. The numbers were mm-hmm. good. I didn't have any problems at the beginning. And I remember we went to Anchorage for the first ultrasound, and oh my gosh, I was just sick waiting to go to that ultrasound. Just sick. And then I remember we saw like the little, you know, the little yolk sack and mm-hmm. the lady mm-hmm. explained to us it's like a backpack. And so we called her backpack for like the Aww. whole pregnancy. <laughs> I don't know why. So cute though. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. but I mean, we, 
I mean, we didn't, we're, I remember my husband's mom's birthday is April, like late April. Mm-hmm. And she called one day and she was like, can I please tell your brothers and sisters? Like they, they are begging. They know something's going on. Cause we had told our parents, but said, please don't say anything. Mm-hmm. So I think that by then I was pretty close or past the 12 weeks, but okay. I think we finally were allowing it. And I had, had wore where I worked there at the pharmacy. You didn't really have to dress up. You could wear jeans cause okay. I don't know they let you. And I would wear like a down, it was cold. So I wore mm-hmm. a down like Land's End vest every day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I covered it up. And then one day I just had a pregnant belly and it was like summertime. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Surprise. Yes, I yes. think I was just so scared. You know, I was waiting for that shoe to drop, mm. the other shoe to drop or something mm-hmm. bad to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty normal considering how many losses you had and, you know, like, and I even I I even hate to say that because it's almost like almost kind of, it makes me feel like I'm being dismissive like your losses aren't important too, um, but I know you probably didn't take it that way. But um, you, uh, wow. So how did your pregnancy go with her? It went good. Um, I didn't enjoy it because I was so stressed for mm. me. I felt that I was gonna tell you the one thing I regret is I never took pictures of myself pregnant because I I don't know wow. why. I think I was so in my head or scared or I really don't know. And and when she came, I remember telling my mom, like, I just want her back in there. I was just getting used to being pregnant. My mom's like, you're crazy. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, she came a little early because my blood pressure started getting a little high. Nothing crazy. Like my little Bristol, Bristol came really early and Mm -hmm, had to mm -hmm. be in the NICU for two months. Um, so that pregnancy is just not my friend. (laughs) Mm, mm. So we're we're done, yeah. but yeah. and yeah, he's two, right? Uh, Bristol, she yeah, she's two. Yep, yep. She just two. turned two in September, and she's a little naughty one. I tell you, mm. <laughs> I think the little ones are naughty. <laughs> the youngest are always the wildest. I'm the youngest in my family, so I was always the most vocal. Um, even though I'm like ambiverted, ambiverted, but you know, with the family, I was always real vocal. Telling everybody no, you know, even to this day, I'm still the most vocal one, <laughs> um, my sister tells me. But so with your IVF with Bristol, you you guys waited, what, three and a half, four years before going back? We did, yeah. We decided to move home in 2017 to Idaho, okay. to North Idaho, <clears throat> where my husband's from. Um, I think it was just, there's no child care where we were at, and she was getting older and we wanted to get her into it, you know, a pretty good like daycare or school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a job came open at the hospital here and my husband took it. So we, we went for it. We Mm -hmm. had to be separated a little bit um, of time because I had signed a contract with the state um, for my student loan repayment. So to finish that out, um, he came here and we stayed up there for a little bit. It was only like three months, but so when we got here, I just, you know, I enjoyed being a mom. I was able to work part-time, mm-hmm. so that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And we did play dates and park dates, and it was just really fun. And um, I kind of felt that looming over me, like, okay, we have one more. And it's so silly. Our storage uh, was up. Once you have five years, they make you move it to somewhere else. Mm. <clears throat> and so that was kind of hanging over our head. You know, I was worried about that. I didn't know what that would For do. Sure. yeah. So I just said, well, let's do this. And I remember I called my mom. I can't remember if it was the night before I was going because I had to fly back to Seattle again. And actually, my okay. husband couldn't even come this time. My two friends I was telling you about, Annie and Sharon, yeah. they were there with me <laughs> because my husband had just started a different job and he wasn't able okay. to take the time off. So um, 
So we, I flew over. I did all the medications here mm-hmm, ahead mm-hmm. of time in, in Idaho. And then I flew over to Seattle, which is like an hour flight. And um, I showed up, went to the doctor, did the trailer. I think I might have stayed a night and came home. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. crazy, you know, what they can do these days. But Yeah, for sure. And I think it's amazing that you... You had your two embryos, and you, and both were successful. So, congratulations to you guys. Yeah, um, thank you. Because that doesn't happen lucky. often. I feel like that's almost like an anomaly, anomaly or something, in the fertility struggle world. Because, especially when you have issues with egg quality and things like that, like you had mentioned possibly before, you might have had some of that. So yeah. you you had these two babies, and you're you're doing your mom thing, your pharmacology thing, your wife thing. And then COVID hits, and you spoke briefly about it earlier, and I wanted to get more into that, of you going into the niche of fertility struggles. And so do you advocate and advise about medicine? And there was a post I wanted to share, too. I might add it to the video um, that you said that medication may not always be the answer. I really, really, that really struck me the other week when you posted that. I had screenshotted it, too, so don't forget. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I hope I didn't offend you or anyone with that. But yeah, no, I I really feel like I am, I say all the time, like I'm the worst pill pusher in the world because I just feel like I'm very all about de-prescribing. You know, mm. I, I see so many patients. I wish I could explain. I, I Share I remember, more, right. Yeah, yeah I, I went into a room one time with this sweet old lady and, and where I work, um, if you're a native beneficiary, you don't pay for your medications. And so... Okay. They're very blessed in that way. Um, but she had, uh, they asked the pharmacist to come in and speak with her about her medications. Mm-hmm. And so I was organizing them and helping her do a little pill box. And she had like omeprazole to the ceiling. Like every month we were just filling it and filling it and filling it. And then I'm like, are you, do you even need this? Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, no, I, I told my doctor, but they didn't, they keep refilling, you know? And so I feel like if we take time to, you know, I know there can only be so much time in a visit, but if we take time right. to stop and listen to patients and to say, Hey, you know, are you using this? Is this helping you? Let's try to, you know, especially for our elders. Like I feel like there's, mm-hmm. it's confusing. It's hard mm-hmm. for us, you know, for me. So I'm, I'm very all about deep prescribing. And then the fertility world, I, I've been super interested lately in, um, in, in Nospisol. And I know mm-hmm. they compare it a lot with metformin. It's a supplement. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people use it with PCOS. So I've been researching that a little bit. Um, and they use it together, I guess, with metformin. So mm-hmm. but I was going to hopefully be doing a post on that later. Um, but yeah, I just feel like for me, acupuncture was huge mm-hmm. with my the lining issues that I have. Mm-hmm. That makes um, sense. It yeah. really helped a lot. Um, I did that. I tried to lose, I think before I did my second transfer, I lost about 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Okay. For me, I tried the keto diet and, and not, that's not for everyone. It was a little hard. It is hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> very hard. Um, <laughs> Never I, again for me. <laughs> uh, I did Weight Watchers and I did better because, you know, it's more sustainable. Exactly. But, yeah. So, I mean, I think losing weight helped me. I think the acupuncture helped me. Um, and I actually got back into therapy again and, and that helped huge. Wonderful. Wonderful. And how has helping others in the community and advising and mentoring and coaching, how, is that, how has that helped change you and help you heal as, a, as an individual who's also been through fertility struggles? It's helped me tremendously. I think I share that often that I didn't realize doing this would help me heal, but it really has because I think, I don't, I'm not sure the dynamic in it, but sharing your story 
And then the validation of someone else saying, yes, I went through that too. Or like you saying, your spouse or partner's private also. Like that just makes me feel, you know, it makes me feel a little better because it's like, is this normal? Is this how, Mm -hmm. you know, because in the middle of those struggles, you're so frustrated. And at Mm -hmm. that time, if I would have known you, I would have been like, Monique, hey, like my husband, he won't talk about this either. What do you do? Like our friends are thinking we're rude. We're not ever, we don't do anything. We're just Mm -hmm. heads down, Mm -hmm. you know, quiet something's wrong. They all know, but we're not saying like, how do you deal with that? So I just, I really appreciate the community and everyone embracing me and yeah. And I get a lot of questions about medication side effects. So that's my goal to kind of, you know, lean on more. Educate. Yeah. Yeah. I think the education part is, is so important too, especially in the fertility world, because like, first of all, a lot of us have conditions that we're taking medication before we even start fertility treatments. And, uh, like one young lady, for instance, her name is Ashley and she's a public, um, she's public about her fertility struggles and she has like lupus and she has, um, PCOS. And I think that what you're doing is a game changer, um, because people can come directly to the source when they want more information about their medications and then taking the knowledge they've gained from you and going to their specialist and, you know, just kind of trying to work through the plan and the protocols a little bit better with a better understanding too. So I think it's going to be really important going forward, even more what you're doing um, for the community. Yeah. I I admire it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. Even something as simple as, you know, how to, I think my first post was how to drop progesterone. That was like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite posts because that's, it's intimidating. If you're not used to giving an injection to yourself every day, it's very scary, let alone with all the other things that we're dealing with too. Yeah, especially the long needles to go with it. Like, Ooh, I know. What with this? Come on, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I also wanted to ask, um, what would you want others to know in the community? Um, I guess just try not. Uh, I always say don't give up, and I know people don't like that. It sounds like shallow, and I don't mean it that way at all. But I think that was just my mantra over and over. Like, I cannot allow myself to stop. Like, get to work, keep going. There has, I mean, there's a way to, for me to be a mom, if it, if it means adoption, if it means, and I think that's just what I told myself the whole time was that some way, somehow, I, I always say, I wish I could give everyone a crystal ball. Like, here's your crystal ball. This is what's going to happen for you because yeah. we all want to know that, right? Yeah, we do. We do. We do all want to know it. And, um, uh, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot and. The only thing, like you were saying about the don't give up um, quote or affirmation, however people like to use it, is that we have to be really careful with that, like you were just saying. And um, I stand behind that 100%. You know, if that's not how you feel, then don't say it. And if that's how you feel, then go with that too. And um, just being mindful about where we are emotionally and what we can handle and... um, what we need, being honest about what we need too, right? Right. And communicating. I, how do you, like, how do you recommend a person when, because I think about that often, like how, what would have been my stopping point? I'm not sure. I don't know. I I don't know I if I would let my mind go there. I always knew I didn't want to do more than five cycles in one year. So if it took me, you know, a whole year to get through five cycles, that was okay with me. Um, and at one point it was three. And when I got my, the transfer that I did for my son, at that point, I was like, maybe I won't do anything after this. I was just really taking it step by step, really. So 
the first unsuccessful um, embryo development was unsuccessful and then we never got to the point of transferring. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it one more time and I don't know what I'm going to do after that. But I did kind of have like an idea of what I would allow myself to go through at one time before taking a break or just stopping completely and just say maybe this isn't in the cards for us, you know, and I think that's important too for everybody to know um, before we transition out of today's conversation is um, really just being mindful of that and not just for yourself, but for your partner too, because you might be willing to go forward, but maybe they aren't. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I like that. I think thinking back on it, maybe that's what, how I coped with it too, was like a step by step. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I have to be in control of everything. It's my downfall mm-hmm. and I have to plan. I'm like type A to the last little minute. And so once I had a plan, I was fine, but otherwise I was like out of control. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in yeah, my mind, I was feel like that. Yeah. I resonate with that. Uh, if there's anything else you'd like to say to everyone, uh, you could do it uh, at this time, Dr. Natasha before we close out for the day yeah um just that i have a i made a free guide if anyone's trying to conceive um it's www.fertilitypharmacist.com backslash freebie so it's kind of cool i put um, a whole supplement thing in there and then there's a fun quiz at the end um so yeah i just really enjoyed making it and i like to talk about supplements and uh, medications especially for us and for our partners i'm always trying to be inclusive with the partner situation because I think for me and my partner, that was lacking. So Yeah, yeah. Whew, if we could go back in time just to fix a couple of things, a couple I... of things, <laughs> you know, just a couple, not too much, not too much. So I'm going to have all of Dr. Natasha's information in the show notes or show details, whatever platform you're listening and or watching from. So you can connect with her on Instagram as well as get your freebie and information about medications and supplements and reach out to her by email or Instagram DMs. You can slide in her DMs. And um, so Dr. Natasha, I appreciate you girl for coming on the show. I've been admiring you you for like a year. I love your reels. Like you always turn me up when I'm down. So thank you for everything. Well, that makes my heart all warm and fuzzy today. Ah, (laughs) So thank you friends for tuning into Infertility and Me podcast. Peace and blessings. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.